principals, and welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast Season 2. Whoop, whoop. My name is Rachel George, and I am an education leader in Oregon and an NAESP fellow. And my name is Adam Welcome. I'm an educator in California and also a fellow with NAESP in the Innovation Center. And Rachel, I'm super stoked about Season 2. It's kind of like, you know, we made it to Season 2. Sometimes a show only gets one season, but we're back for round two, which is, uh, which is super fun. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And definitely in need because this year has started off with mm. some challenges. I don't know about you. Mm. So, you know, Adam and I are just, again, always excited, just like we were in season one to bring you all this podcast. So we can talk about real ideas with amazing principals and educational leaders to also help make your leadership stronger and more innovative. And quite frankly, to help you survive friends, we are going to survive through this together. And today we have a first year principal. So within her first month of actually being a principal in Oregon, Cassidy Hopkins. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. And this is your first podcast, your first year as a principal and your first podcast you've ever been on, which is super fun. So right. Rachel, kick us off. What do you want to ask Cassidy? I'm excited. All right. So I am curious. Um, I've heard from many people throughout the nation, like last year was hard, but this year has been even more so. And like, I can't fathom going through that as a first year principal, like how insane is that? So I'm curious, how's your first year going? What are some challenges that you've been facing so far? Whew, where do I start? <laughs> Um, I would say that, you know, it is definitely last year was hard, but this year is, you know, it's just different. It's coming in with staff members who are already full. So they're coming in and you can just see it and feel it, which is normally what happening around May ish. It's feeling like heavy already. And so knowing that, you know, I just feel like that my main job is to kind of take off whatever I can of them. So some of the challenges is kind of just how can I decompress the staff members to help support them. The other challenges are just all the different COVID regulations and making sure that we're making like keeping track that kids are staying safe, staff are staying safe uh, with all the differing opinions of what that should look like <laughs> from parents and teachers. And, uh, you know, we had some major transportation issues at the beginning of the year, which meant I was literally up until nine o'clock at the night mapping kids out and where they're supposed to go uh, for the first week. <laughs> and so, you know, just doing all of that, plus all the other pieces of, you know, about 100 plus emails a day. And it's just been hard. It's been hard, but uh, rewarding at the same time. So a question that I got asked a lot this summer in my travels all over the country was, you know, Adam, what do I do when I get to that point when I'm already full, my teachers are full, how, I, how do I react? And I always like to say, I really try to work on not getting to that point, like putting up barriers so those things don't happen. Obviously right now what's happening in our world is absolutely inevitable with contact tracing and teacher shortage, bus driver shortage, cafeteria worker shortage. I mean, talk about just like a, a profession at risk. I love what you said about taking things off of the teacher's plate. How do you know what to filter and, and what to take off? Because I think a lot of 
first year principles, new principles, veteran principles are like, well, everything's important, but if everything's important, then nothing's important. And especially right now, because it's to the 10th power. So as you're going through the day or the week, Cassidy, or as you're meeting with other principals or, or your central office, what is your process? I think people would, would like to know that. Um, like, what's your process for like, no, I'm taking that off or no, I'm going to do that a third of what I would normally do it. So mm -hmm. talk through that for us. Yeah, uh, I would say that the number one thing that I think through on a daily basis is, is it what's best for kids? Is it going to affect kids? Is it going to affect relationships? Those are the two pieces that I think of first. Um, if it's not going to affect those two things, it can wait. It can wait. It's as simple as, you know, I'm getting all these emails, even if it's from the DO. I mean, I've had emails, multiple emails where I've said, thank you for that. I'll get back to you in a few. <laughs> and get back to them when I can. And I've just learned that I have to just say no to other things. I think that um, that's kind of in the day-to-day -day hustle and bustle of uh, what, as far as like the big picture goes with staff, for example, you know, staff meetings, right? If I don't, if I can put it in letter, like in writing, I'm going to put it in writing for them. And instead of a million emails, I keep writing stuff down like, oh, I got to tell them this. Oh, I got to tell them this. And then I put it on our Sunday or our Saturday message to, to staff for the week so that they're not getting a million emails to me all throughout the week and just solidifying that for them. And then, you know, noticing we're doing a lot of assessments right now, right? So we're assessing where kids are at, trying to figure out groupings. I, they were supposed to start small groups this next week and then intervention groups the following week kind of tiered. And I just noticed that they weren't done with their assessments. They were stressing out and kind of giving work to people who shouldn't, they shouldn't be giving work to. And so I was like, eh, something needs to change here. So I sent an email out to staff. Here's what small groups look like. Here's what double dose groups look like. This is who plans for them. This is what's happening. Do you need another week? And within five minutes, I got, yes, please, by six different people, you know? And so, yes, those groups are important. And yes, we need to get them started. But if we don't have the data and we're, we're just doing it to do it, it's a waste of everybody's time and stress. Love that. Nice job asking for that input if they needed additional time and then also just reading the room. That's really helpful. Um, so what are some of the successes? I think it's easy to fixate on the negative, right? But there's a lot of amazing things that are going on. What are your top two successes so far? And just for the listeners, Oregon has only been in school. You know, we're recording this going into week three. So like things are still new. We haven't been back for like a month. So let's hear it. What do you got? Let's see. Top two. I would say number one is I've been able to protect staff from angry parents. And I think that's a huge success of taking that on my own. And if there has been a staff or a parent who's upset, I automatically am like, let me take care of that for you so that that part's done. I'd say that's successful. Um, and I would say that loading this might sound really funny but loading buses in seven minutes last friday was like yes it was very exciting uh and i definitely call that a success and then i'd say i have to give you three only because the bus one's kind of a cheapo one but um the third one would be 
you know, just listening to staff, I think just listening to their needs and, and figuring out what they need has been um, a huge success of not overwhelming them. So you talked about being up till nine o'clock at night, Cassidy, doing bus routes. And right now, as we're recording this at 6 p.m., you're in your office at school on a Sunday evening because you have kids. And, you know, we get it. There's things going on. So uh, thank you, first off, Cassidy, for taking the time out of your family day to record a podcast with us. But how, how are you balancing uh, work with home life and that's a super important topic all the time. And right now the lines have been blurred. I mean, Rachel and I've had that conversation many times with other guests because when people were at home and there were so many different things going on. So, yeah. and you said you, you get a hundred emails a day. What are you doing? How are you balancing? How are you putting up barriers? So you say, yes, the job I'm doing at school is so important, but your family is more important um, and you have fires going on in Oregon, like we do in California. I mean, let's just add some more, some more complication to everything that we have going on. What are you doing to approach that balance and barriers in your life? Great question. <laughs> um, I would say that that's number one. I don't know that there is such thing as balance. I think there's such things as seasons in life and what you do during that time to be present. So for example, I, at the very beginning was, you know, being at work, leaving, going home, opening up my computer, continuing to work at home and then nodding at my kids like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're like, you're not even listening to me, mom. So I, that's like the last thing that I wanted for my kids. So I was like, I'm staying at work until work is done. And then when I get home, I'll bring my computer with me. And if I need something, I need it. If not, not. And just being present in the times that I am home, being present when I'm with them. And obviously the first week of school was very unique in the transportation fact of things and just communicating that with them of like the whole year is not gonna be like this. This is just because we have a hole and I need to make sure that these students are placed in the correct bus to get home. Um, because there's nothing worse than a phone call from a parent of like crying, like, where's my baby, right? Like they're five years old and they're not home at six o'clock at night. And we got out at two 30. <laughs> like, that's, that's a problem. Um, and so definitely being present here at work when I'm at work and being present when I'm home are huge and each day's gotten better. I mean, I've gotten home earlier and earlier each day. So I'm, I'm still making them a priority and, and making sure that I can be there for, for everybody. That's good. So how are you taking care of yourself? Cause I, I mean, I know I felt it at the end of week two of like, holy moly, I've been putting everybody before and exhausted. I've had too much co caffeine and coffee. Um, how are, how are you keeping yourself in check? Yeah. Um, I would say lots of conversations with friends and people who can relate. And, um, for me, just having silence is huge. So even I mean, I've told our new secretary, like, if this door is closed, that means like nobody can come in. And there's times where I just literally sit in here for 10 minutes and just do nothing. Like, I just need some time for my brain to relax. Um, I also like to go for walks and going for walks. And then um, it used to be my kids going to sports, but they are not doing any sports this year, which is just weird. So it's been nice to have the extra time at home. And honestly, we've started watching some Netflix. So 
um, I'm totally okay with that because I don't have to use my brain and it's some time to decompress with the family. So let's, um, let's talk about relationships, Cassidy. And right now is relationships are more important than ever. And I'm going to presume they're probably more challenging than ever to build, um, you know, with people wearing masks, it's hard to see facial expressions. And then also, like you said, uh, teachers and also parents in the community having opinions about what maybe sometimes we should be doing medically or from a from an educational standpoint. So some of those relationships that were maybe easier to build previously pre-COVID are more challenging now because people have different beliefs and there's friction. So what are you doing to build relationships? What are some strategies? Um, how are you keeping it fun and positive and like, yo, Mrs. Hopkins, the new principal? Uh, what are some approaches that, that you're doing? Yeah, uh, relationships, I would say, is my number one priority, 100%. And for kids, parents, and staff, uh, I make it into every classroom every day. There has been one day that I haven't been able to do that. Um, but otherwise, I make it in there, check in, see how they're doing, how can I support them. Uh, and in the morning, I'm outside. So I'm saying hello to the parents. I'm greeting at dismissal. I'm outside greeting families. Even if they're mad at me, I'm still, you know, keeping my smile on my face and we're doing the best we can. Thank you for your support. Uh, so popping into classrooms, I would say um, we have a few teachers who have some challenging kiddos. And so just making sure that they feel listened to and supported has been huge. Um, and giving them the gift of time, I think also kind of helps with that relationship piece of, I see you, I see that you're stressed and I'm gonna help support you with that. I love it. That was a great ending point. So thank you again for joining this episode of, AS this is not ASCD, but you can tell that I am rusty for season two. And we can't cut that. So we're going to actually correct that. N-A-E-S-B. There you go. N-A-E-S-B, not A-S-C-D, people. You're, we you're, like, you're listening to the right episode. It's all good, but we like A-C-D. We do, right? Yeah. So you're going to learn more about N-A-E-S-P at N-A-E-S-P.org. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. So I don't know, Rachel. I'm just I, we're, like listening to Cassidy. And I'm thinking about my first year as a principal. So how about we just go down memory lane for a little bit rather than giving strategies. I want to talk about email, but like, let's do, let's do a separate podcast about email and strategies and mitigating email. So how about we go down memory lane? So I'm going to skip my assistant principal time. I'm just going to go right to being a principal. So I have a couple of stories. I was principal where I went to school, which was pretty cool. So I went there for preschool for two years and then kindergarten. And then we had to, I had to transfer to another school in the district because my there wasn't room for my older brother, whatever. So I went back. And when I was a kid, I, I remember the principal, Mr. Ferreira, used to smoke a cigar in the office. Okay, so right off the bat, I took over in the summer and the principal that she retired, she was an awesome, awesome woman, but she wouldn't leave. Like, like she wouldn't leave. 
she like, I, I remember asking her like, when are you going to move out of your office? And, oh, you know, soon. And I wanted to move in. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to get started. I wasn't trying to work all summer, but you know, you're taking over and there was construction going on. And then I finally had to ask my, my supervisor. I'm like, when is she leaving? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'll ask her. So then she left, but then she would come back and it, you know, it was okay. There was a few other moments, but here's, here's one of the first things that I, I knew I needed to change. So tradition at the school was they gave class lists out. So parents found out who they were getting the Wednesday before school started. So they gave out teacher assignments on Wednesday, school started on Monday, which I thought was like the worst decision ever. Because do you know how many things happen between Wednesday and Monday? A lot of things. So what happened was parents would come, there was like in, in, in school registration, they went to the library, my office manager who was amazing was there. She got your name and then she gave you this little index card with your, your child's name and your child's teacher. So what happens right away? I got like six, seven parents are like, Mr. Welcome, can we meet with you? Cause I don't like my, my kid's teacher, blah, blah, blah. And you know, all principals deal with that. All principals deal with that. And I was like, I'm not going to meet with you right now. We're doing registration. Obviously I'm busy, you know, email me. We'll find a time. That is not the problem. So the biggest problem was we had enrollment going up and I knew I had hired six teachers that summer. I'm a brand new principal. I hired six teachers, which was amazing because I, I get to bring on my own people. So what happens was I told my, I told my uh, supervisor, I said, we need to add a kindergarten class. We need to add a kindergarten class. It's like, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Well, I had already started screening kindergarten application applicants on Thursday night. He calls me, Hey, we got to hire a kindergarten teacher. And I'm like, I know we do school starts Monday. So I already had a list. So I start calling people on Thursday. I said, Hey, I want to interview tomorrow. I get a panel together. First interviews at eight. I, I think I interviewed like four or five teachers. We interviewed. I knew what I knew who we wanted. I called her at noon. I said, you're hired. Come back right now and set up your classroom. But what we had to do was we had to balance the other classes. So this is another reason why you don't give class lists out until the night before because things change. So I sat down with my resource teacher and the office manager. We went from two kindergarten classes to three and a brand new teacher. Everybody else thinks they already have the teacher that they have. No, they don't. So then I got to start making phone calls. Hey, Mr. Jones. Hey, Mrs. Jones. All these people. Hey, Mrs. George. Most people were totally fine with it because school hadn't started, but there were some families that were like, no way, blah, blah, blah. So I'm dealing with this as a brand new principal. I called the superintendent. I was like, I need your help. She's like, what do you need? So-and-so needs help in their classroom, setting up their brand new classroom. Cause we just hired her super to her credit, Rami Muth, my favorite superintendent I've ever worked for. She came down, she took off her high heels. She's on the counters, helping to do bulletin boards, just make things look inviting. It was awesome. But I had some really, really upset parents. So principals, you inherit a lot of things. There's things that you have to do your first year because they were already set in place. I told my office manager after that incident, I said, next year, we're not giving class lists out until the day before school. And she goes, now I see why you do that. And we made that change. So principals, new principals, sometimes you can't make that change right away, but just make a list, tell your people for next year, we're changing it. And this is why we're changing it. And it wasn't just because I wanted to change it. There were some glaring reasons right away because, hey, you think you have a three, four combo teacher 
and nope, the combo's broken up. Or you don't think you're gonna have a combo two days before school, you gotta build a combo. And the people, if, if we had went with the, the old way, parents were like, I don't want a combo. Well, they don't even know if, they're, if they were in a combo for three months or for three hours, it doesn't matter. Principles, new principles, be in charge of what you are in charge of. Make those changes. If they're better for kids, they're better for teachers, they're better for you, it makes your life easier. Don't cause stress and drama if you don't need to cause stress and drama. Rachel George, take us down memory lane. Give us some first year principal stories. Ooh, um, you know, I talk about this in principal, uh, navigating the leadership learning curve. My first year as a principal was in fact, probably the worst year of my life. I turned 40 this year and I would still chalk it up to hardest year ever. And that's up against COVID years and 2021, just the gift that keeps on giving. So gnarly. So we'll start it off 29, right? New into the principalship, relocated across Oregon um, to an area that I just thought was maybe a little alternative, little hippie. Oh no, like I didn't realize they didn't have law enforcement and they were part of like the Emerald Triangle and had like insane marijuana growing everywhere. Like did not realize that. Um, so started working a little in July, you know how they're always like, come in, you need to hire an office manager. Let's do some interviews. Um, had a plan of assistance split across the table to me. Hey, here you go. And I was like, a what, a what? Uh, and they're like a plan of assistance. Here you go. This is what you're starting the year with. And coming from the district that I was in, that was like unheard of. Like we never went through that process. So to actually have to do that from day one was just a mind blow moment. Um, and a like, seriously, I guess I'm in the bigs now. Like this isn't like playing anymore. Holy moly. Um, ended up with like multiple bomb threats in, in my school, um, SWAT showing up. Like that's also when I learned that it was like a 45 minute response time for law enforcement. And if you called in the middle of the day, it could go to voicemail because they only had County Sheriff. What? Uh-huh. 29, 29. And so I remember calling my old principal in my old district and I'm like, I think I understand your stress level. Like, I understand why you do what you do. Like, this is unheard of. And he's like, yep. Welcome. Welcome to being a principal, Rachel. Mm -hmm. Insane. Um, ended up getting divorced my first year, gained 40 pounds, uh, broke my arm on a quad. Can you imagine doing evaluations with a broken arm? Oh yeah. Right before all of them were due to the district office. Wait, wait, um, you gained 40 pounds, you got divorced and you broke your arm all in your first year as a principal. Yeah. I was a hot mess. Oh my gosh. Rachel See? George. Awful, awful, awful. Um, there was something else. We had someone that was stealing money out of the vault. So we had to set up like a little game cam because you know how you would do like your fundraising money and you'd count how many ones and fives and tens and you'd put in them all together in an organized fashion in the cover sheet that marked it all to say like you counted your money and gave it to the secretary. Well, they'd go deposit it and all of a sudden it was a total different money. Been checked by the building secretary, been checked by, like by the advisor, missing. So we had people that were like stealing money. Like it was. So I want, I want your, uh, I want your, um, your, I want to know what you think. I think the second year is actually harder than the first year. So the first year you go through, no, 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 no. So yeah, first year principles, well, COVID year, maybe everything's the hardest, but mm -hmm. the first year it's, it, you know, it's hard, but you also don't know any better. But then the second year, you know, people, you know, relationships, you know, kids, you know, parents, you know, things, and maybe that you didn't 
um, take on the first year, but you know, the second year you're like, yeah, I got to talk to that teacher or, Oh, there's that parent again. How am I going to approach that? What, what, like my first year was actually easier than my second year. Mm. How about you? No, I wish that was the case. But again, you know, for those of you guys that know my story, like I spent 11 years in fire and I quit a couple days before, like I showed up for my first principalship. So there was a lot of stuff that I could have waited or procrastinated and done year two. So those conversations and those people, those pieces that you just referenced, no, I didn't know any better. So I puffed my chest up and I'm like, I'm going to take this on. This is the conversation that needs to happen. This is what a leader is. And, you know, in hindsight, I probably should have paused on those pieces and I don't puff my chest up nearly as much and take on that firefighter mentality, but it was super prevalent in that. And I think, I mean, I lived at the forest service ranger station for the like first half of that school year. I mean, like was still embodied in a lot of that. And also the community, like I had parents that would come in and they would be angry and want to yell at me. And then they figured out, Oh no, you're a chick. And they would say that, oh, I can't yell at you. You're a chick. I mean, it was just, it was an interesting community. Um, I would say I had more stress and anxiety in year one, hands down, because there were such big problems that I had no clue how to deal with it. And I was way in over my head and just was really fortunate that there were people that could help me navigate it. But there were within the first, well, Thanksgiving up to Thanksgiving, like I didn't think I was going to make it. I wasn't cut out for it. I had no clue. I didn't know how to handle all of anything that was coming out my way yeah and it was awful. first first year principals listening everyone listening uh day by day it's it's kind of like that marathon mentality uh we've talked about marathons before on this on this podcast and w- when i run a marathon i don't run 26.2 miles i try to run five five mile races with like a little 1.2 at the end just just break it down and uh, you know this too shall pass is important and uh, build, build that network, you know, build the people in your district, other principals build. I mean, all the guests that we've had on this show, reach out to them, connect, you got to build your PLN. I mean, Rachel, we were in each other's PLN before we first met in person mm-hmm. a few years ago in Oregon, when I was up there, we had dinner, we ran together and gosh, I mean, now we're like great, great friends. And you just, you got to build that network. Uh, because whatever you're going through, somebody else is going through it, or they already have gone through it, and they can help you get through that situation. I'm glad you mentioned that, because that has been something that I've been struggling with the last couple of weeks, that this startup has been hard, and it's been harder, well, one, than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little easier, just misconception about, I thought we were coming out of COVID, and we weren't, but all of the different layers. And so I knew I needed to get my brain right. So I went back and picked up one of my favorite go-to books, The Happiness Advantage by Sean. Um, and, and it talks about like when we're stressed and in those moments, many times our inclination is to actually pull back from really what feeds our soul, our connection with other people, um, helping and supporting others. And then he goes through that whole long list. And really those are the things, first year principles, veteran principles, that if you're struggling right now, while we know it's a season, or at least we're hoping it's a season and we're hoping it's short, there are some strategies that really, really can help you pull through. And that's connecting with others and being able to balance, if you will. So if you haven't picked up the happiness advantage, would highly, highly recommend it. It's completely fascinating and really, really insightful to kind of help get your mind right and get back on track because there's a lot of it that we can control. Yeah, we did a, um, a couple episodes ago, a big, uh, a big book review episode, and we should do that again, because mm-hmm. my goal was to read a book a week this summer, eight books, eight weeks, and I read 14 or 15. Ooh. So I have a lot of books to recommend. I spent a lot of time on airplanes. So I got to read a lot. But um, yeah, super important. Everyone listening, 
Thanks for all you do. NAESP.org. If you're not a member, become a member, sign up. The dues are, I think, so nominal compared mm-hmm. to a lot of other organizations. Louisville, Kentucky, next July is the next summer conference. If you were in Chicago, it was awesome. Louisville is a uh, different kind of city. It's a fun, fun city. Great choice. NAESP. Rachel, anything else to uh, end us with? Excited to be back. Woohoo! Season two. Thanks for listening.